This is the Humerian Health Podcast. Spilling our guts for the well-being of yours. We're here today at the Humerian Health Podcast with Dr. Sean Benzinger and myself, Amy Baker. And we're super excited to have a a friend of the pet show. That's right. Um, Kristen Levine is here with us. She has a uh, a site called Pet Living, um, and it is it's great. It has it's a pink. It's a has it's a bunch of stuff pink. on it. I've been I've actually pink. been reading like the whole morning like all the different blogs. But anyway, we're super excited, Kristen, to have you join us and to talk with us today. Well, thank you, and I am so excited and honored to to join you today. Thank you for having me. See, Amy, she's honored. I know that's that, pretty big. Right? <laughs> pretty and by big. the way, Doctor Doctor B, there's some purple in there too. It's not all pink. All uh-huh. right, all right. Which right. purple's my power color? So it I was is. and I was going to actually say I thought the site was purple. Yeah, but we should send whatever. you a snapshot. I mean, she got purple hair. I, I mean, do a purple coat. Yeah. Oh, sweet! I have a purple oh, water bottle. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got the pink hair. That. She's got do the it. purple hair. Do it. Do it. That's what I say. You're ne- never too <laughs> okay. old to have purple hair. That's that's my motto. Okay. Well, let's just talk about how you kind of came across being a pet enthusiast, <laughs> and a pet person, a carer of of pets. Yeah. And it, sure. it's interesting. We were looking it over, and and I said it's kind of like uh, how you take care of people. On the pet side, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad you think that. I'm, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of my aim. You came, um, came across. Well, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm a lifelong pet parent. Uh, it's my my first pet. Um, I think was Susie, uh, a cocker spaniel, when I was two years old. Oh, and Susie. I don't I don't think I've ever not had a pet since. So uh, pets have always been a really important part of my life. Um, very much so growing up, and. One of my first jobs um, was working for the SPCA of Tampa Bay. Oh. And, um, you know, I started out actually as a volunteer, um, showing, showing prospective adopters, you know, to the available dogs and cats at the shelter. And, and within about a month, uh, a PR position opened up, and that's what I was studying in school. And I got the job. So I actually was the PR director for this SPCA of Tampa Bay for 15 years. Oh, that's great. And um, yeah, it was it was just an amazing job. And the funny part about it is that the whole time I worked there, I kept thinking, well, I'm not sure what I'm going to be when I, so to speak, grow up. <laughs> but I just kind of thought this was a really great, important job, but it, I didn't see it as a, few, as a career. Mm-hmm. And then... In about 2003, some things changed, and I got the entrepreneurial bug, and I left the shelter and continued to stay on as a volunteer and, and supporter, but I started my own PR agency for the pet industry. Okay. So, yeah, so we worked with pet and veterinary businesses, hmm. um, all not all, not just all over the country, but even in other countries um, like Israel and Wow. Australia. And yeah, it was an incredible experience. I had, had a great team. And then about 10 years into running my agency, I started to really miss that connection I had with, with pet owners and pet lovers directly, sure. which I had when I worked at the animal shelter. So that's when I started the pet living blog so that I could oh, okay. kind of tap back into that, that part that I really love so much. And what pet living allows me to do is kind of blend my experience and I can connect um, pet brands and pet products and veterinary services with the people who are in my audience and I can educate them and help them be better pet parents. 
That's great. That's oh, one of the things I noticed yeah. when I was scrolling through the blogs. I was like, ooh, Thundershirt. I've heard about that. I want to read about that. Or like, it's just, yeah. yeah. So you have some really great, um, both products and just topics, I think, in general to help educate um, pet parents on. So that's fantastic. Well, you've seen a massive change then. I mean, <clears throat> being that you're, you know, 24 um, <laughs> and you've been doing this for a few years. and um, right. But you've probably seen some massive change. And, and you said it sounded like you were in more of the vet world for a while doing your yeah. first gig? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for example, yeah, for sure. When, when I started the agency, um, we just got very fortunate. I, a friend of a friend recommended us to um, a specialty practice, a specialty veterinary hospital. Um, it used to be called Florida Veterinary Specialists. It's now become an incredible uh, organization called Blue Pearl Veterinary Partners. They have about 40 practices all wow. over the country. Wow. Yeah, and so hmm. out of the gate when I started the business, I, we did – probably 75% of our clients were in the veterinary specialty arena, which was just a great, great way for, for me and my team to learn about more about veterinary medicine and, and how important it is for pet owners to, to look to their vet as their, one of their top resources for pet health information. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's great. So, well, and, and things have changed in society. We interviewed someone else, Larry Kay. Larry Kay, mm-hmm. I think it was, uh, not too long ago. And uh, he was talking about, um, uh, was it Mahatma Gandhi that said you can tell how a society mm-hmm. has progressed by how they treat their animals, yeah, including yes. cows. No. <laughs> um, but um, it has changed. I mean, I, I grew up on more farmland, and, you know, dogs and cats had their jobs, and that's what they did. And and now dogs and cats live with people. My dog's my kick, baby. Kick the... Uh, <laughs> The kit kick mates out of the bed while the other person, the dog, gets to stay. I That's mean, right. there's some major changes. Yeah. Well, sure, and you know, you've probably heard the term. You know, they've gone from the backyard to the bedroom. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't, uh, but now that's scarier. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> yeah, and my my pets are definitely, you know, they they're like our children, and I I know I'm not alone. And yeah. nope, um, not at all. Yeah, yeah. Luck, lucky for all of us in the pet industry, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. yeah. I, you know, it's funny about it. And you know, being a physician all these years, you, um, I, I've seen m- more people spend more money on taking care of their pets than they do even on their own wellness, which is 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 pretty mm-hmm. impressive. So by far, they are just like their children, no question. Absolutely, and people will will go into debt credit card debt, yep. whatever debt to, yeah. oh, sure. to treat pets that are, you know, having serious illnesses. And that's one of the reasons I'm a big proponent for pet insurance because, mm-hmm. uh, it, it has literally saved my husband and I thousands of dollars over the years mm-hmm. with, with our dog, Chili. Dog Chili. Chili. That's cute. Oh, yeah. well, no. What type of dog is Chili? Chili is, well, his full name is Chili Bean Levine. <laughs> and <laughs> he is, Excellent. when we adopt. When we adopted him from the SPCA where I used to work, we were told that he was a lab mix and because he does look like a black lab. He looks like a petite lab. And then we did the doggy DNA test about five years ago and learned that he's actually got zero zilch lab in his DNA. <laughs> and he's nice. actually a Dalmatian husky boxer mix. Wow. <laughs> oh, is he is he one of the dogs that's on your homepage? I saw he a is. black. Yeah. Oh, that's him. I see him. He's actually He's in front of me baby. right now. 
That's <laughs> he's, great. He's sleeping at my feet right now. Oh, <laughs> yay. Well, so speaking of your website, and yep. actually one of the things we wanted to talk to you about, we're coming up on um, Pet Anxiety Awareness Week, and that actually um, is one of the blog, like, main topics that you talk about um, a lot, fear, anxiety, and stress in pets on your site. And so I thought we could spend a little bit of time learning more about what Pet Anxiety Awareness Week is all about. And just a little bit more in terms of your experience um, helping folks understand fear, yeah. anxiety, um, and stress in their pets. So maybe just tell us a little bit about what that week is about, how it maybe sure. came to be. Um, yeah, Ab- let's start there. Absolutely. Well, this is, it, it's been a long time coming. <laughs> let's put it that way. I, I launched Pet Anxiety Awareness Week last year for the first time um, after many years of, of wanting to, because I had a dog previous to Chili whose name was Buck and Buck had severe storm Mm. separation and a a variety of, of, of anxieties. And just, Mm. you know, kind of to make a long story short, um, he suffered so severely that it really turned our, our lifestyle upside down. Mm. Um, he, he would, he was destructive when we would leave, he would harm himself. He would just, I mean, we're talking serious destruction. I've got pictures on my, on my blog of some of the destruction that he caused. And, and when we couldn't, it was the, really the first time I'd experienced a pet that had a, an anxiety disorder or a fear disorder. And it wasn't until I was referred by my veterinary, my family vet to a veterinary specialist uh, in, in behavior that I began to understand that Buck was experiencing, you know, a neurochemical process that caused him to go into fits of panic Hmm. when, when he was triggered either by our leaving the home or by a thunderstorm. And, and it really came, his symptoms came on relatively slowly. I noticed it when he was about four, he was very clingy when it would storm. And I live in mm-hmm. Florida, so we have thunderstorms like six months out of the year, unfortunately. Yeah. And hurricanes um, the rest of the time. And, <laughs> yes, and hurricanes. And it went from clingy to, by the time he was 10, full out panic attacks um, to, like I said, being destructive and harming himself. So um, in our case, the, uh, our veterinary behaviorist uh, helped us understand what he was going through. And taught us some ways to modify his behavior, but he was so, he was so far, I'd say so far gone, but he had had the, he'd had this issue for so long that it was just, it was very difficult to reverse. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, he ended up having to be on medication, um, to, to really, to live, to have a, a quality of life mm. and for us to have a quality of life, quite yeah. frankly. Yeah. So for the last three years of his life, he was much, much better. And I was just, it's, I just didn't want this to happen to anybody else or to mm-hmm. anybody else's pet. And mm-hmm. so I really wanted to take what I'd learned and, and from talking to other pet owners um, to help people understand how important it is to talk to your vet about any of those symptoms your pet is showing, um, whether it's fear-related or anxiety or stress-related, that it, it can become a very serious condition that can lead to, in our cases, you know, having to result, resort to medication mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. really changing your lifestyle. But it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. And so Pet Anxiety Awareness Week, I mean, it's, it's, I'm highlighting it for that week because that's the week that leads up to the 4th of July. It starts right. June 25th mm-hmm. through July 1st. Um, but, but 
these anxiety issues are problematic year round for, oh, pe- sure. for pet parents. Yeah. I hear about, or just, read about it all the time on Facebook, especially when it's like impending. So we, we're in Indiana, right? So we get a lot of thunderstorms and tornadoes mm-hmm. and stuff, especially in the spring. And you'll, I'll just see a lot of discussion, even on Facebook with people saying like, oh my gosh, you know, my dog just chewed up this or what, you know, any suggestions on, you know, how to help and a lot of complaining on the 4th of July about like, sure. why do people have to start, you know, we people here do fireworks two weeks before and all the way to two weeks after. And so it's not even, you know, like just on that day, but it just mm-hmm. seems like it lasts forever. And for folks who have animals that struggle with, the, you know, with that, it just, it's terrible. It is. I, my dog has that. Uh, and, and I don't even hear the lightning and our dog just is like paralyzed. Mm-hmm. It just mm-hmm. can't do anything and then it starts shivering. And we didn't really realize as a puppy in the first year, two, three years, she, it's a uh, Maltese, about eight years old now, named Lily. <laughs> um, sweet dog. She, yeah, she really is a sweet dog. But, um, you know, and we just changed our habits. We never, well, never really thought about it that uh, we need to go grab the dog and put a blanket and sit it next to us. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Lily did better. So we didn't have to do a whole lot more. But uh, unfortunately, for the first two or three years, four years of uh, her life, we kind of ignored it because I guess you don't pay I mean you can't expect that like who wants who likes thundering who likes whatever but you didn't really realize that she didn't seem to act normal for about two three days after that too so uh, finally figuring that out we made some adjustments at home and that makes sense it really does it's something again uh, growing up on a farm you didn't think about those things you Mm -hmm. just didn't so um, so this kind of rings a bell and we I guess basically we did make some adaptations that we weren't paying attention to in the beginning. Sure. And, and that's, that's not uncommon. And it's no fault of, of, you know, no, no fault of anyone's t- that, that we were naive about. Yeah. I didn't, the I didn't even think about seeing. it. Didn't even think about um, it. Yeah. And, and there's, and there's a lot of misinformation too. And a lot of times people think, Oh, you know what they, they leave the home and they come back and the dog is chewed up the sofa. Well, you know, there could be a lot of, it, that could happen for a lot of reasons. Maybe the dog's not getting enough exercise. Maybe the dog's just, you know, <laughs> wild. Mm-hmm. Or, or the dog could be very anxious. So mm-hmm. a lot of times people attribute the symptoms mm-hmm. to other things. That's and a good they, point. Yeah. And they're not necessarily making that connection right. mm-hmm. that it be it's because their, pe- their pet is fearful or, or you know, anxious. Yeah. So that's why, it, you know, the earlier that you recognize the symptoms and find solutions and there are a lot of you know all natural solutions out there you talked about the thunder shirt there's pheromones there's lavender Mm -hmm. there's all kinds of things and and you know every pet's different of course and every pet's going to probably have to have a different type of solution um but talking to your vet about it is important because it helps you understand what to look for and to also be mindful of what's triggering those Mm -hmm. symptoms Mm -hmm. and for dogs it's typically panting or shaking like trembling um it could be excessive barking um it could be destruction in the home it could be they go hide it could be inappropriate elimination um it could even be aggression or self-harm and one of the really important things i learned from um dr lisa radasta who's who was our um veterinary behaviorist with buck is she said that you know dogs are more apt to display these obvious symptoms but cats suffer from fear, anxiety, and stress as well. As a matter of fact, just as often as dogs. But oh. 
but they're cats, so they don't show it. it. <laughs> yeah, or or you know, if a cat's under the bed, we think, oh, he's a cat. He's under the bed. That's mm-hmm. you know, that's what cats do. Well, sure. maybe he's under the bed because he's fearful. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, you know, cats also vocalization. Maybe they're hiding. Maybe they're um, excessive licking. That kind of thing. So it happens to cats too, and and we hear it mostly. When we talk about anxiety in pets, we typically think of dogs, but it happens to our cats too. Mm, interesting. Yeah, so, I mean, you talked, you said a couple times, you know, definitely check with your vet, which I think is great. But I think also as pet parents, we tend to, oh, you know, Google search or like, well, we're going to try, sure. <laughs> try a few things or whatever. I mean, do you have like basic recommendations of things that maybe folks should try sure. if they start to see symptoms? Or do you think like really step one, you should take them to see the vet like maybe there's you know something else going on I think I think it depends on how severe the symptoms symptoms are and I think it depends on how it's affecting your lifestyle mm-hmm. if it's something you just start noticing and you think hmm you know I, I think I think I think my dog is fearful of storms um you know let me try a thunder shirt or you know there are certainly a lot of things you can google and find if you google pet anxiety there's lots of great products on the market. Um, I will be highlighting more and more of those products on Pet Anxiety Awareness Week's uh, page, mm-hmm. um, just so that people understand the variety that's out there and, and more and more are coming to market every day. As a matter of fact, some some pet stores now have sections in the store for anxiety relief treatments. Okay. So, Interesting. Um, yeah, um, and, and you, there really sometimes requires some experimentation with different products. Sure. Um, with Buck, the Thundershirt didn't, seemed didn't work well but that might have been because he was so progressed in his mm-hmm. you know condition mm-hmm. but chili my dog now who is he also has mi- a much milder form of storm anxiety the thunder shirt works great for him hmm. okay. and yeah now you and, you mentioned uh, essential oils earlier uh, I think lavender if I'm not, not mistaken yes now, yes is so, that a growing mm-hmm. area we've certainly talked to some people that are experts in that area and have found that mm-hmm. essential oils with dogs and cats more dogs and cats specifically in those cases uh, some real great advantages there that I think people probably don't think about absolutely absolutely and I'm I'm that's an area that I really want to do some more research in because it's getting more popular and I'm hearing more and more about it. And as you, as you both know, um, whenever something's trending in the human world and the more and more that humans start using things like essential oils, it's, it's only a matter of time, sometimes <laughs> less than a year. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah, that's right. and, and you know that from, from, you know, your, your business. Yep. With, absolutely. With, um, Humarian. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, essential oils, uh, particularly lavender, can be very calming for pets. I've seen um, there is a company called My Pet My Scent, and I know hmm. that they use lavender in a collar along with your own human scent that, hmm. to calm your pet. Oh, interesting. Um, there are other wraps like the Thunder shirt that include a lavender sachet that is slipped into the shirt. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, there are calming collars that have... Um, that are cloth with herbs inside them. Um, again, lavender. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there, there are a lot of very all that, na- you know, obviously all natural remedies that work, but, but I think what it's important to recognize those symptoms early because oftentimes if, if your pet has had this stress and anxiety for a long period of time, it's going to be much harder for those natural remedies to be effective. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think it's so important for people to recognize it early on. And the reason I say 
you know, talk to your vet about it is if it's very mild and, and isn't causing, you know, a lot of trouble, then, you know, you can wait till your next veterinary visit. You don't necessarily have to run to the vet that, that week. Yeah. But if your pet has, if you've been frustrated and you've been trying to deal with these issues and you're not having success with the things that you have tried, then absolutely talk to your veterinarian because they may be able to help or they may refer you to a veterinary behaviorist who really can take a really good overview and a detailed um, uh, exam and discussions with you to get to the bottom of what the problem is and to find a solution. And like I said, a lot of times behavior modification um, plays a big role and and may be able to prevent you from having to go the medication route. Okay. Interesting. Makes sense. And I, I never heard of um, a behavioral specialist in <laughs> a veterinary behaviorist. However, I'm I'm certainly learning as we're moving into understanding more and more about this that uh, there's a lot of unique things for animals that I didn't know anything about. And now is this special training or is it a vet yeah. that's taken special interest in it uh, or vice versa? This great question. Um, this is a veterinarian who has a veterinary degree and and they have chosen to go into a particular specialty. Huh. So in behavior, they have to complete a residency or a training program in the discipline of veterinary behavioral medicine. Huh. And, it, and as part of that program, they, wow. you know, they've studied, they've studied sociobiology, psychology, um, behavioral genetics, behavioral physiology. I mean, we're talking intensive um, study and uh, work in that realm. And it's just like, it's the same thing with, with, you know, human medicine um, doctors who specialize in dermatology or oncology or what have you. So mm-hmm. there are veter- veterinary specialists in, in all of those same areas of medicine. Um, so it, think of it like a veterinary behaviorist would be similar to a um, human psychiatrist. Sure. Yeah. Excellent. Well, yeah. that, that, you know mm-hmm. what, that, that does, that's yeah. actually a good, good tie together. That makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. So if you, I, and this is just my question. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> 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 so we might edit this out, is what he's saying. <laughs> no, 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 this isn't too bad. Um, have you ever heard of um, vets using any kind of hypnotism or or those types of techniques um, to help? Or maybe acupuncture. Acupuncture, yes. I, I, and yeah. acupuncture yeah. might help. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. I have heard of of um, holistic veterinarians using acupuncture, mm-hmm. and oh my goodness, I, I'm glad you brought that up because but Buck. We, we also used acupuncture for Buck. That was part of his therapy. It makes sense. He, and I, I tell you what, it worked. He mm. was, first of all, he absolutely loved it. And we were so fortunate. Our, our, our veterinary acupuncture, uh, acupuncturist lived close to us. So she would come to our home to do it. Um, great for now, the comfort of, course, of the dog. Makes sense. Yeah. Great for the comfort of the dog. Not not so great for the comfort of the wallet, but it. <laughs> yeah, for, but it That's five thousand dollars. I'll come over for five thousand dollars. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but he absolutely loved those acupuncture sessions, and he was like a different dog, you know, after it. Yep. But okay, so yes, to answer your question, um, I haven't heard, you know, anything about hip, you know, hypnotism. That's the new but... thing. It's a new <laughs> I don't thing. Think it is. We'll start this on this show, and then oh. Is, oh my god. Veterinary <laughs> hypnotist. <laughs> it's a new thing. We got to find one. Well, there isn't any, but we started it. So. Wait, there okay. might. I'm there might curious. be. Yeah, you, you never, never know. know. If it helps. I mean, I'm sure Chili Bean could really use a little hypnotist. <laughs> chili Bean. Chili Bean. I, I like it. I like that name. Okay. Well, okay. How'd well, you get it? 
I gotta know. Oh, the name? Yeah. Chili chili. The name? Okay, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, we named him Chili because, and it's C H I L L Y, as oh. in, you know, cold chili. Oh, reason, okay. And we did that because when we adopted him, he was only tw- like 10 or 12 weeks old, and he had been part of a rescue from. This, this rescue group went to Alabama where they had a shelter that had no heat Ooh. and it was very, a very cold winter. And they brought back about 12 dogs wow. to Florida, which, which you, where you don't really need heaters. In yeah. Florida. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and so he was just part of that rescue. And so we oh. named him Chili cause he used to be chilly and now he's not. Um, and then <laughs> Bean just came about because I don't know, we just started calling him Chili Bean, and it, it rhymed with Levine, so it really like just that. was a great fit. Like that, like that. Okay. I, I always used to say that better. my dog never really knew his name because I called him all kinds of things like <laughs> Boo Boo, and like like it's not his name. But you your know. husband's going, would you? I mean, just, how's the dog ever going to know? Yeah, he does. No, that's fine. Yeah. Well, well, I think if if you think about it, I mean, I I don't think that's uncommon at all. I I rarely I call him Chili when I'm. When I want him to behave, or yes, exactly. <laughs> That's but the middle every name, other Arthur. Time I call yeah. him. He's got about twenty other silly names that I probably don't even want to tell you what they are. Oh, we could, we could, we we could. We, hear we can them. guess. I think, no. I think our fifty thousand guests would love to know. Nah. Us. <laughs> cool. Well, so as always, there's never enough time for these conversations. But I want to hit, um, kind of just on the um, pet anxiety awareness week. Right. And you said, um, specifically, you picked the time frame because of the Fourth of July. Right. Um, and so right. just, I mean, if you have any quick helpful tips or hints that you want to give our listeners for folks that have you know cats and dogs in the house and they're sensitive you know to that time of year any anything that you can share would be great in terms of just helping our pet parents out absolutely absolutely well I'll tell you what we're going to do at our house (laughs) um, on that fourth of July weekend and and well actually it's not on the weekend this year but in the days preceding and the days after, um, we will be keeping chili in, indoors at, at, as much as possible at night. And we, we, we put on the radio if we leave mm-hmm. or we leave the television on. Mm-hmm. Um, he will be wearing his, his thunder shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, when we are home, we tend to um, – well, first of all, we, he will get extra exercise during mm-hmm. that time mm-hmm. because that's another way that you can calm your pet um, during anxious situations is, is to tire them out. Um, don't forget about your kitty cats because they get stressed too. And you, like I said earlier, you might just not recognize it because they're doing cat things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. so again, mm-hmm. you can, you can confine your kitty to a particular bedroom or maybe their favorite room in the house, play, leave the television on or radio, maybe try some essential oils in the room. The lavender uh, seems to be what works best for pets. Um, and really important please don't take your dog to a fireworks display it sounds like an obvious you know no no but just people think oh let's, the whole family's going let's take the dog leave yeah. your dog at home they'll be much, they'll be safer idea. and happier at home yeah. and then the last thing i would say is july 5th happens to be the busiest day for animal shelters in terms of lost and found mm. and that's oh. because on the 4th of July holiday, all the noises and right. parties and things that are out of the ordinary um, cause dogs to run away because they're fearful. Mm-hmm. So make sure that your pet is wearing prop- their proper identification and make sure you know where they are at at all times. Don't leave them outdoors. 
if they have to go potty, let them do their business, take them for a walk, bring them back in. Mm-hmm. Um, but make, but that is the most obvious time or the most common time I should say where pets can, can escape makes sense. due to, due to yeah. the fear. It does sense. make sense. It sure does. Great. Well, we okay. appreciate all the tips and we'll definitely share out your website. And then also we know um, petanxietyawarenessweek.com yes. is the website yes. specifically for right. the Pet Anxiety Awareness Week. That yeah. Kind thanks of, for starting That's it. kind I mean, of funny. It makes sense. Yeah. Petanxietyawarenessweek.com. But we'll make sure we have that in our notes as well for our listeners. But right. we Great. definitely appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and share more about your background and what you're doing to help all pet parents everywhere. It's always good to to hear the stories yeah. so well yeah. thank you and, and and thanks so much for having me and and have a safe and happy fourth with your pets and um yeah keep keep up the great work you guys are doing well we appreciate you and appreciate you putting this out i know that's yeah, your baby great. and your original idea <laughs> and it takes leaders like you to make change and we should certainly appreciate it oh, well thank you very much okay Kristen, have a great day all right thank you too bye-bye, bye-bye. Amy Baker, Dr. Sean Benzinger. Humarian Health Podcast. Spilling our guts. For the well-being of yours. That's right. Thanks for having the guts to listen to the Humarian Health Podcast. Make sure you follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Humarian Health. If you have things you'd like to gut check, send us an email at gutcheck at humarian.com. 